Richard Blissbrook here. We are live. We sit here today with none other than Mark Victor Hansen. Bob Proctor. This is Kendra Hall. Sonia Stringer. Jeff Canfield. Whit Jones. James Clear. Les Brown. People want to hear stories. I like getting stories out of my guests here. So thanks for joining us. Gary Montalvo and Don Speaks are a dynamic business duo at a company called Limelife by Alcom. Gary's the chief growth officer and Don is the regional director. They first came on my radar when I was at a direct selling university presentation. The MC was talking about how their messaging is so powerful that it's spreading like wildfire across the industry. So of course I had to bring them on my show so you could hear their stories for yourself. One of the big things they focus on is mindset. So many people have scarcity mindset about direct sales with thoughts like, I'm not one of those people or I can't handle rejection. Gary and Don break down those barriers, believing if you give someone the right mindset, they'll shoot like a rocket. During this talk, you'll also gain insight on how to own that you're a network marketer, to lead with what you're afraid of, and above all, to get your butt to work. Gary and Don have embraced the opportunity side of network marketing. And after listening to this, you may just do the same. We're live. Wonderful. <laughs> so great to be here. Hey, authentic networker uh, fans. Richard here this morning with the one and only Don Speaks and Gary Montalvo. 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 Yeah, I'll get it right. Montalvo. That's pretty good. <laughs> Montalvo, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. you got it. Gary's in Florida and Don's in New York. And let me tell you how I came to meet this couple. I was sitting at a direct selling university presentation a few months ago, and the MC came out and talked about this couple that was going to do this kind of this personal development talk a little bit. And uh, how they were like the directors of business development and leadership development for the skincare company. And, and their message was so powerful and so exciting that it was spreading to other companies, other companies like competitor companies were, we'll talk about that a little bit. We're uh, getting involved in getting these two on stage to talk to their sales teams because they have a message for changing your story, changing your state of being and changing the way you see the world, the way you see your opportunity, the way you see people, most importantly, the way you see yourself to empower you and I to do what we want to do. So Don and Gary, welcome to The Authentic Networker. Thank you. So good to be here. Yes. Amazing. Thank you so much, Richard. Well, millions of people watch this podcast eventually. And so we, we will get the word out on who you guys are and what you're doing. But uh, let's start with uh, Don. Just tell us just a little bit about like um, you can you can both dive in and dance with this sure. question. But I'm curious kind of if you could bring us to date about growing up, education, career. Mm. And then how did you land where you are today? Ooh, story time. <laughs> it is. 
um, <laughs> young girl in the streets of the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and Gary has started the story well. I grew up, um, born in Philly, Philadelphia, PA, but raised in the Bronx pretty much all my life. So uh, I'm a Bronx girl, born like pretty much born and raised. And um, I grew up being raised by my great grandmother and my great aunt. And, and, uh, you know, my great aunt, who was my primary, who has been, I shouldn't say it was, you're very much alive. That's mama. Mama, you know, there were simple things, right? Like my family has always been hardworking. Like you couldn't meet a harder working group of people. My family um, historically is from Beaufort, South Carolina. That's where my family is from. And, you know, I always call myself a a traditionally Southern, I grew up in a traditionally Southern household with a great grandmother and a great aunt. And while they didn't all have that that formal education, you know, they had been farmers and, you know, raised livestock and did all that stuff that rural South Carolina would do, hard work was instilled. And so I was fortunate that between the both of them, it really was work hard but you can have life work out so growing up in the bronx and you know i got the opportunity to go to some really great schools because i was smart and i was <laughs> i was willing to do what you know put in the hard work and i got to go to the school of performing arts one of the most prestigious high schools in new york where i majored in drama and then i went to college it just seemed like the thing to do you go to college that was I didn't know what I was going to study, but I knew college was the thing to do, right? You're a young black girl. What you going to do? Go to college. And my better, family, better go to college. Yeah, yeah <laughs> go to college, right? And so um, I went to the University of New Mexico. So here I am, a girl from the Bronx. And while all my other friends were going to state schools or city schools or even close to the East Coast, I said, I'm leaving. I'm getting far away from here. And I go to the University of New Mexico. I spent a great four years. It wasn't nothing to do but go to school, but somehow I found some trouble to get into as well. Uh, uh, Four years there, and then I finished there. And then, you know, next stop was graduate school and, you know, uh, Clark Atlanta University. And then I finished it all up with getting my master's degree, coming back to New York at Brooklyn College, a master's in education. And then... uh, then it was like, okay, so now what? And I started out as a public school teacher and then went into the world of nonprofit, where I call it non-traditional education, working with some of the most underserved communities in New York and getting the opportunity to impact the lives of young people. And then uh, then I was in a particular place in non-for-profit where I, I'd just gotten fired from my job. <laughs> Congratulations. You know, and it was one of those. How um, many good stories start out that way, right? I just got fired from my job. Right. Right. Again. Again. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I got fired. And it was like one of those kind of watershed moments where I knew I should have left that job long before I got fired. But I was like that hard work and. I'll, you know, let me trudge it along and I'll keep doing it. But I knew I should leave. And the other thing that that showed up, Richard, was 
you know, I was raised in a family where it's like, you don't leave one job until you have another. So mm-hmm. I was at this game of like, okay, as soon as I find the right job, then I'll leave. But life was lifing and I got fired. And and I was stuck like a duck, right? Like no money. I hadn't saved. I, you know, I found myself in the most the I don't even say the worst, but you know, a pretty bad financial situation. It was just bad all the way around. Um, and I was like, you starting from the beginning, you starting all over again. I wasn't going back to teaching. I wasn't going, I wanted to do something different. And I wound up consulting and working for this company called Ramapo for Children, which was in education, but I got to work the hours I wanted to. And I loved it. But at the same time, I was like, this isn't all I'm supposed to be doing. Well, one day I get the most awesome call from Gary and he goes, I'm working for this uh, skincare and cosmetics company and we're working with, you know, mostly women, I'm, you know, coaching them and training them and how to build their business. But I can't do this all alone. I need, I need you. Like, you know, like basically he was like, you're the only person I'm calling about this job. Would you, and I had, you know, had my own consulting business. I was working for that company, but I was also doing educational consulting around the city. And he was like, would that be something that interests you? Would you be willing to kind of stop your business? I was like, let's go. All right. Connect the dots. So how did you two meet? Gary. <laughs> so we met at this place called uh, Landmark Education. Oh, uh, we had both. <laughs> you know, Landmark. Uh oh. Richard knows. Oh, okay. I know of them. I'm not of them, but I know of them. Yeah. So we were we uh we were students there. Uh we were program leaders there for a little while. Don was uh actually a coach of mine in that program uh, that I was doing and just made a huge impact on me. And then later I ended up coaching her when she had started her business because I had that point I had started my own company. And so we had just always had this mutual respect for each other and and love for each other. So like when this job came up, so I had been at Lime Life probably six months and I went to my CEO. I was like, listen, this is exciting, but I cannot do this alone. She was like, yeah, go ahead. Go, you know, like no questions asked. Go, go find your person. And like she was literally the first person that I called. Uh, and I was just like, please say yes, because I have no no one else. <laughs> and I don't want to go find a stranger. <laughs> That's high risk finding a yeah. stranger. Yeah, yeah for right? sure, for sure. And 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 it was it's been a great five years of working together. She yes. is literally one of my favorite things uh in the world is to to co-lead with Dawn. Like when we're on stage together, it is oh. just absolutely yeah. you never know what's gonna fun. happen. It's never. like yeah, you guys are you guys are hysterical together, but you're also um, like an orchestra. You 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 really get each other, and you're yeah. in total harmony, and it's it's really powerful. Let's tie it together for the listeners. Sure. What exactly do you guys do at Limelight for Alcon? What is what's your role? What do you, what's your contribution? Yeah. So our role has changed throughout the years (laughs) when I, so I was hired as the empowerment officer. So basically I was running the training and development for the company. I was uh, the doing all the, 
of bringing bringing all the training, bringing all the all the development, leadership, uh, business coaching, business training. Um, throughout the years, I've been uh, there's been several different role changes and promotions. So my current role is the a chief growth officer for the company. So now uh, the 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 Dawn's department, Dawn's team is still uh, underneath my leadership, but it um, I do more operations and strategic overall. I basically yeah. manage the sales for the company globally at this point. Um, you know, when you work in direct sales, it it's it's always about the field. It is one hundred percent always our product. I mean, we have amazing skincare and makeup that we're very very proud of. But at the end of the day, our our number one product is our field and the relationship that we have with them and the culture that we've created, really co created. They they've been a part of that creation yes. just as much. Um, so it, 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 it really is a privilege and a, and an honor to be able to do this work with just thousands of the most amazing, uh, women and men that you could ever imagine. So when you say chief empowerment officer, and it sounds like Don, <clears throat> that's now your primary role. <clears throat> what is that? I know what that means, but let's just make sure everybody knows what does that mean and how does it relate to an independent salesperson, direct seller, why does an indirect, why does an independent direct seller need to be empowered? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'll jump in. I think so. When we say empowerment, if you really are talking a lot about mindset, you really are talking about what are the ways we think, and those ways we think dictate how we plan, how we act, how we strategize, right? So a lot of the work that, you know, when, uh, which I still do very much so, but Gary hired me for was working with these particular men and women to start to deal with what's the mindset you needed to have to have your business thrive and grow. And one of the, you know, I'd say maybe the word is barriers, but it's like one of the things there was ultimately to deal with is, listen, these people came into the world of direct sales. Some of them had no sense of what it meant. They just took it on. And then it grew like gangbusters. And they didn't even know the mindset to have around money. Suddenly you went from being somebody who, without being denigrating, working, you know, $10 an hour in your small town or making little money to suddenly making major amounts of money and what it took to be able to manage that mindset, but also the mindset of now I have to be a uh, independent business owner and now I have to know what it looks like or I have to create a mindset that's going to uh, continue to allow that to thrive and who I've got to be in that. Like a lot of folks come from a scarcity mindset. How do you transform that? A lot of people come from the, that's for those kind of people, not people like me. How do I transform that? A lot of people are like, I'm not a business person. I'm not smart like that. How do you transform that? So a lot of the coaching and the work certainly that Gary charged me with doing is I need you to work with these people so that they start to get, A, you're in a business, right? So even in the world of direct sales, as you're um, enrolling more people onto your team, a lot of it would be they'd be enrolling their friends. But the mindset that I have from in my friendships is different than the mindset needed and required to manage my business with my friend, right? 
and being able to differentiate and actually navigate that. So um, that might've been the long version, but. Yeah, I wanna add something to that because sure. um, you know when you look at the entrepreneurial journey, most people start businesses because there's a passion that they have for a thing or a skill set, right? I'm a very talented ex and I want to share X with other people. And if I can make some money doing that, great. Like I can make some money doing what I love. I mean, I'm winning, right? So now I start a business selling X, but I discover that, oh, it's not just providing X. I got to do marketing. I got to do finance. I got to do operations. I got to do insurance. I got to do HR. I got to do, you know, there's mm -hmm. a whole, I have to learn how to sell. The number one confronting things for entrepreneurs is learning how to sell, dealing with the rejection, dealing with all that. So it, it, it you know, for us, like Lime Life just really believes in, you know, uh, that the right mindset, you give, you give someone the right mindset and you put them in the right frame of mind around that and they will, sh they will shoot like a rocket. They will figure all of that out. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the interesting thing about direct sales, I think it's the easiest and the most difficult business. It's the easiest business in that when I first started my coaching practice, the first year of my business was just like figuring out the stuff. Oh, I opened my bank account. Oh, I registered my business. Oh, my website. Oh, the copy. Oh, my business card. Oh, what am I selling? What's the price? And what's the name of that workshop? And what and what's the and what's my speaker sheet gonna look like? I was so busy. I was busy, busy, busy creating all the stuff. Had not had one sale conversation, had not had one customer, but the first year of my business was just all the stuff. In a direct sales business, all that is figured out for you. It's put in a box. You pay up, you sign up, you pay a fee, you buy your starter kit, you do all the things, you get all of that figured out. So you you fast track that your first year of business. So what happens? You immediately get confronted with what there is to do, which is sales. So in, in so I had a year to kind of warm up to that and, and get my courage and build up the, you know, the courage to do that. Yeah. In a direct sales business, you don't have to do that year. You you go from zero <laughs> to 100. Okay, let's go sell some great products now. So, you know, I like to think that our job really is to help people navigate that, right? That zero from 100. That's a good that, way to that, say that, it. That, that, that zero, that all of a sudden you just went, you just got into the deep water right away. You, you started, you love makeup. You love skincare, and now you just went into the deep water. And now, and for some reason, you, we share things all the time. You know, it's like, oh my God, this is a great restaurant that you should go to. Oh, wow, I just saw this great movie. Oh, you have to get this book. When all of a sudden, what you're sharing is yours that you're selling, or when there's a, an exchange, a monetary exchange, we all get so weird. All of a sudden, we get uh, so weird, and it's like ah, uh, uh, like, uh. we're real good at uh, recommending restaurants and movies, but what we don't do is saying, "Oh, by the way, here's my link," and when you go to yes, the restaurant, Richard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make sure you order uh, on this link right here. So yeah, ain't that that's something? Exactly. Piece, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, let's uh, let's address the elephant in the room. For some people, how do you work with people around the mindset of network marketing? 
which one of the things I tell people that I talk to about network marketing is, hey, you either consciously or accidentally chose the only thing to sell in the world that everyone has already decided they're never, ever, ever going to buy. And they've told everyone they know, I'm never, ever, ever going to buy that. <laughs> and you decided you're selling that. And I'm not talking about Lime Life skincare and makeup. Yep. I'm talking about yeah, the opportunity yeah. to be one of those people. <laughs> so how do you work with people on the mindset of network marketing or direct selling or whatever you want to call it? Don, do you want me to? Well, you, I, I mean, for sure, jump in. I just, you know, part of what I, I start to deal with or have people confront is something you just really kind of pointed to, Richard, which is you chose this. Let, let's just deal with this. That That's the yeah. first piece. You, you could have chose any job in the world. You could have done anything of the millions of jobs that exist on the planet. You could have done anything, but you chose this and deal with that part responsibly. I chose this. Now what? I love that. So the first thing to deal with with people about any anything really in life is you chose it. Now, the moment you deal with that, you chose that, now you can start to actually be responsible for what comes with that, right? So people's perceptions, people's mindsets. The second part in that for me is the integrity with which you bring to your business that allows for people to see that you are somebody beyond a thing called network marketing or an MLM the integrity with which you operate. So people, you know, I know in this business, I, listen, direct sales is like not my wheelhouse. Like I've had, you know, up until Lime Life, I think I had ever only participated in one direct sales company. And I did that for like six months. And then I was like, not for me, I'm out, right? <laughs> but I could see myself, just like the millions of other people who have some thought, feeling or opinion about it, that when we talk about this world of direct sales or network marketing, it demands a high level of integrity because you're going to be engaging with people all the time. And so, you know, a lot of the work we do for sure is in who you're going to be in this business. But first, I would say choice. And then second, I would say integrity. And Gary, pick up wherever you pick up. Yeah, no. And with because the thing about choice is that for most people, it occurs like it's in the physical realm, if you know what I mean. Like, oh, I chose to do these thing, this thing. But the part that they often miss is that you also choose the mindset. You also choose the perspective. You also choose the point of view. And that's where the real magic sauce is in the work that we do all as coaches, right? We really empower people to make different choices in their perception and their point of view. And that's where new possibilities open up for people, right? That's where the magic happens. So, you know, there, there's, so guiding people through the fact that you also have to choose that as well, I think is where the, where the magic is. Now I will say, here's my point of view about anything that's uncomfortable like this. You own it, you get ahead of it. You put it in front of you like, Hey, Richard, yeah, I'm doing this thing. I know, I know, I'm doing this thing. I thought I'd never be the person that's doing direct sales, but here I am. 
I'm doing this thing because I really found some value in it for me. Now, I know you told me that you would never do this, and I know it's a little weird, but if you give me the opportunity, I actually would like to share this with you because I actually think it could be valuable. It's made a big difference for me, right? You just own it, and you get ahead of it, and you go, hey, I know this is like a weird thing. I know it's a perception, but if yeah. you if you give me the opportunity. So, you know, my point of view around this is just authenticity, it's yeah. just honesty. Where it gets weird is when you're pretending. Oh. <laughs> Where it gets weird is when we start pretending and yes. we start avoiding. So I'm uncomfortable. I'm I'm we I'm weird that I'm doing this direct sales thing. So now I approach you, Richard. You're like, Gary's being weird. Why is Gary being and weird? And you know Gary's being weird. You know that I'm being weird, but you don't know why I'm being weird. But now I'm talking to you about this direct sales thing while I'm being weird. The only conclusion you can make is, well, that thing that Gary's talking to me is weird, right? Gary's hiding something. Gary's being different right now. Yeah. Gary's right. not, right? And you just own it. You go, hey, Richard, I'm a little nervous about talking to you right now because I know that we we... It's a little weird. We've never spoken business before. I've never tried to sell you. You're my friend. I'm really scared right now. But can I, would you, would you grant me some grace? Would you, would you give me permission? You create a different occurring for it, a different occurring world, a different point of view. And that gives you access to new actions. And what I invite people to always do is like, stop hiding it. Yes. Right. Stop hiding it. Just, just that's, stop it That's out. the authenticity. Whatever yes. you're afraid of, lead with it. Yes. Yeah. And we're, that's the gift of social media has given us. I mean, social media has given us a lot of problems, a lot of, the, you know, we could talk about that forever. But I think the gift in, in, in this new world is that there is a lot of permission to be more honest. There's yes. a lot of permission to be authentic in that world. Yes. Right? Um, and, uh, you know, a few years ago, we would have had to do this in a studio with fancy lighting and fancy makeup and stuff just to make this look credible. Now we're in a world where it's like, no, nah, man, this is real. Like the good. Cause everything is not laid out and perfect and some facade and it, you know, like it's looking this way in the front, but in the background, there's something else. It's like, you're getting what you're getting. You're yeah. getting like right now on camera or whatever, I might look great, but if y'all, if I pan y'all to the left, if I go like this, it's, if I go like this, it's a hot messness going on over here. <laughs> here I can. Uh, let's see if I can. I can give you an example of what we mean by that. So here's the roving cam. Like, yeah, right. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. You're so there's good. A dog, exactly. There's, a dog, there's a dog here somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Back to the back to the official camera. Right. <laughs> yeah. Authenticity. That's uh, <laughs> that's the ticket. And um, so, tell me about some of the programs that you're doing at Lime Life right now that you're you're excited about you're loving that people are drawn to and changing their because what I think what we're talking about here is just changing your story right whatever your story is if it empowers you awesome if it doesn't empower you change your story what are some of the programs you're doing now that people are loving we don't do programs I mean like I, I was just having this 
Well, we you do. Should share but... about, you should share about the 10 and 10 that you guys do every morning. And you should that's also share about your last program. program. But I, well, I get what yeah, you Yeah, that's what I meant. The 10 and 10. Tell me about the 10 and yeah, 10. Yeah, so we have this series that we started, gosh, well over a year ago now. But it'll be almost two years towards the end of this year called the 10 at 10. And the 10 at 10, it, it we air Monday, uh, Wednesdays and Fridays live in our what we call our fempire, which is, you know, allows for all of the folks who are participants uh, in Lime Life in the business. That's fempire is oh, what she said. The fempire. That's the, uh, name. That's the name of our space. That's what we call our beauty guys, the fempire. That's yeah. right. And um, the, the idea of the 10 at 10 is that we wanted to be able to provide our beauty guides with like up-to-date information like weekly, right? So it's everything like what's going on with the company? What are the things you should be present to to share with your customers? It also includes like uh, each of us airs on a different day. So I'm always on Fridays. Mine includes like some words of wisdom, some things to think about when you're looking at your business, some ways to operate, some, you know, and then of course, tools, tips, strategies, actions that you can take to you have your business grow and thrive, right? But yeah. the idea is always to be providing our field with what? The tools that are going to support their growth, the tools that are going to foster their mindset, the tools that are going to allow them to engage with their customer base in the best possible way. So it's turned out to be the, one of those things that you didn't, you, you kind of took a shot at something, you threw some spaghetti at the wall to see what would stick and it stuck. So now it's like, you got your people who always show up on Mondays because they want to be get that first piece of information on a Monday. Then there's the you know middle of the week, but there you know folks show up like every Monday, Wednesday, Friday to get their information and and yeah. to also the other piece I'll say this Gary jump in is to also connect with our home office. You know, like I don't get the opportunity. I mean, I get lots of opportunities to travel and meet with our field. But it's rare that I get all of them in a room together. This is the opportunity for them to connect with me, even if it's for a short stint. Like I see people in the chat and I call your name and for them to know that we have relationship between us because my only function, my only job is to have them win. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> There's four different ways that I think the way we really engage with our with our field in this way. So the the beautiful thing about this program is that it's really designed for on the court coaching. It's short. It's 10 minutes. It's here are the actions for the day. Here's your daily inspiration. Don't forget here. So it, it's really meant to just be you're moving fast. Ba 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 keep moving. Keep going. We also do uh, events it's a really big part of our strategy, and we try to have uh, frequent events throughout the year. When we're in those events, we have a container, and we understand that we have a container, and we utilize that. So we we go deep mindset. We go experiential with them. We, we really leverage on the fact that we have you in the room, and I'm going to make sure that the next eight hours is as, as valuable and as transformative for you as possible. And given our background, we really have the ability to do that. We really have the ability to open up people and they're at the mic sharing, yeah. crying and getting vulnerable and really creating uh, breakthroughs. 
the the other structure that we use is we every, periodically we create um, programs that last I would say about six to eight weeks depending yeah. on, on what's going on and those containers usually um, there's a couple ways you can get there. There's sometimes that we do self-selective, like you raise your hand and you say, I want to participate in this program. Other times we put it on up as an incentive. Like, hey, if you if you achieve this goal, Dawn is going to work with you for eight weeks and she's going to coach you on this week. In, and there's a weekly training with, with assignments. And we try to build in some accountability, which is challenging to do when you have several hundred people or, or a thousand people in a group like this. But we try mm-hmm. to create pods and and buddies and and forms and build it, build it in. Um, but those are really great when we're trying to target a specific um, skill set. Right. If we're trying to improve uh, yes. recruitment, if we're trying to improve sales, if we're trying to improve leadership then we'll create uh, like a container that we can have an extended conversation for for a few weeks and it really allows for the conversation to develop. And then I think the other one that is just like one-on-one, like we 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 don't hesitate to just get on the phone with somebody and just yeah. say, hey, let's, let's talk this out, what's going on, I see you. Or, or Field reaches out and says, hey, I'm dealing with this. And we go, okay, let's schedule a call, let's figure this out. Um, I think those are the four sort of like, I would agree. Um, yeah. I would absolutely yeah, agree. I love that. <clears throat> One of the things that I um, felt in listening to you two talk in Dallas um, is that uh, Lime Life really embraces the opportunity part of network marketing. You have, mm-hmm. you know, a very long history with <clears throat> extraordinary professional level products. So, you know, that that maybe I think anytime a company has extraordinary products that allows you to embrace in addition to selling product, it allows you to embrace the opportunity. But as you know, a lot of companies today in network marketing are running from the opportunity. They're, they're running from empowering people to embrace the journey of wealth building. And it seems like you guys are embracing the opportunity, not just the financial part, but the personal development, the leadership development part. Can yeah. you speak to that philosophy at, at Lime Life? Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's rooted on the fact that we're out. So, you know, the interesting thing, so Don and I both close our businesses to work here. Like I was running my own coaching practice and Lime Life was one of my clients. So I was they offered me this job and I was like, I was just really excited at the opportunity. Yeah. And the reason I was so excited was because the CEO founder, Michelle Gay and Madison Millardi, they really were out on a mission to make the biggest impact possible, not just with women, but in the direct sales field. Mm-hmm. So we really wanted to do, we wanted to remove the ick out of direct sales. We really, the policies and structures were really built around um, challenging some of the practices that hurt the industry. Right. So like we, we, we never had sales minimums. We never had, you have to have inventory. Like you, 
you could, we, everybody had their own website and you never had to keep any inventory at the house. Like things like that, that really were about protecting the, the, the industry and protecting the distributor. Mm -hmm. My point in all of that is that we're very driven by the vision and the purpose of what we do. And I think when you're driven by the vision and the purpose, it's really easy to want to share that. Um, and not only is it easy, it's actually necessary. Mm. If, 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 my, if we are authentically trying to make the biggest impact as possible, then getting people to join us and getting people to come be a part of that has to be part of that mission. Yeah. And so we're just always in that conversation of how can we continue the growth and how can we continue the community? How can we uh, continue sharing, um, you know, what we're so passionate about here? So I think that's that. And listen, we're dealing with the same thing that other people in the industry are doing. Uh, it, it is we have evolved our comp plan to to be more flexible and for people to allow to be successful on their own terms and not necessarily have um, to recruit, mm -hmm. but recruitment is still in our DNA and sharing this opportunity is still in our DNA. And, and more importantly, training leaders is at the very heart of what we do. Like yeah, we right. just really know that when you create other leaders, now you've really got something going on because they don't keep it to themselves. If I, if I, if I build, if I, it's always like, um, the ability to duplicate, you know, yes. like, I was going to, I was going to say replace myself. Yeah. Like, I'm not here. Who's going to take over yeah. and run this? Like, that's the real, I think, true sign of leadership. Like if I replace myself and, and pass it on to others so that if I'm not there, God forbid something happens to me, you can take, you can take the mantle and say, I got this. Yes. Then I've done my job. Yeah, and without that, there's no freedom because it's all about me. Yes. I'm the best. I'm the smartest person in the room. Yeah. I'm, right. never, getting, I'm never getting out of the room. 100%. <laughs> so, no, um, what are some of the what are some of the things that you what are some of your favorite resources that you personally tap into to keep growing and that you recommend to these leaders, whether it's podcasts, audio, video, books, anything in particular that are your favorites for growth? That, that lady <laughs> right there. Pardon? That lady right there. <laughs> Dawn speaks. <laughs> Just turn her on. Just turn on yeah. her mic and let her go. What? Yeah. The, the, it, it is like that, though, when we, I think, we're surrounded by such great mastery that the first thing we do when we are up against it in some way, we do go to each other and say, hear me yeah. out. What's going on? It's what I'm yeah. hearing. <laughs> no, there, there for sure is always that having somebody, I, I will say that, you know, my first training and like the ability to be able to be in any conversation with anybody at any time, to deal authentically with myself, to be someone who knows themselves as a leader, to, you know, that world of integrity really got built in, you know, the work that I got, that I've gotten to do and continue to do with Landmark. Right. Now, you know, that was, that was the journey, you know, that was the beginning of it. Like that whole world of 
what did I need to transform over here that was going to allow for whatever I wanted to create in the world out there? And I first had to go deal with me. And so, you know, if I were going to recommend anything to anybody, I certainly would be like, go do the Landmark Forum. You can find them on www.landmarkworldwide.com and take that first course, which is the Landmark Forum, which once I got myself out the way, Richard, everything else, not like it was like easy, but when life is coming at you to start to be able to deal with it in a way that was powerful, you know? Um, and that, you know, that was huge for me. And then frankly, it lent itself to me coming into contact and engaging in conversations, even with folks like you, like I met with you at DSU, I, you know, and I got an opportunity to read Mach 2 and was like, ah, that lent itself to like who I've known myself to be, but also like what's next? Like, who do I listen to? I listen to everybody. Like, because as far as I'm concerned, one of the things I learned that Landmark is like, you could get coached by a paper bag. <laughs> like, you could get coached by the dirt on the street. You know, like everything has something that can lend itself to your transformation, your development. Um, and so that's been huge because what it allows for is when I'm in a conversation with, you know, our field and they say something, I'm not in my feelings about what they say. I can actually be looking from the perspective of what will make the difference. And it, you know, it takes a let's say high level, but it certainly takes a deep enough level of personal uh, introspection to be like, who do I need to be to make a difference out there? And so that's one of my like go-tos is, you know, that kind of people like Gary, you know, who it so helps and more than helps. It like so makes a difference to be surrounded by people who are in those kinds of particular conversations. You know, they say that, that what's that term or that phrase? It's like surround yourself by the people you want to see in yourself, that kind of thing. Like that, like surrounding myself, I surround, I'm surrounded by people who are passionate, committed, have integrity, are authentic. You know, Gary and I are friends, but he's also, you know, my director, like he's my boss. And, you know, those are the ability to even separate those things out in a very good way has made such a huge difference. Gary will call me on the carpet in my personal life. He has, he's like, you're lying. You're lying to me and you're lying to yourself. And you can lie to yourself, but you can't lie to me. Like, and I remember sitting with him like that cafe or something in Paris. And I was like, how dare you? Like, I was <laughs> you, You're stinking the place up, Don. You, you know? <laughs> and he wasn't going to let me. The biggest thing I would say about all of that, like whatever people use, you know, personal development or what books or podcasts you read, let that whatever you what if people are not if people who are listening to this right now do not let this be like oh that was nice now what you going to do with this so we just sat here for the last you know 40 semi minutes and we gave you lots of things now what because it will make no difference if at the end of this conversation people go well that was a nice conversation no now get up get your butt to work where are you going to do the work to transform who you are over here to make a difference out there and whatever it is you want to do. Amen. I don't care what that is, whether it's direct sales or not, yeah. but you got to get to work. Yeah, Zig Ziglar used to say about uh, 
self-motivate or motivational talks and speakers and books and stuff that if what you get out of it is a good feeling, a nice warm feeling, he said, you can get that taking a bath. Yeah. You just, you need to do something. <laughs> Gary, I, I, I want to read something that you wrote that really inspired Michelle. The, um, I guess she's the CEO of the company. Yeah. Um, and she wrote about this and I found this and read it. And I thought, wow, who wrote that? That's that's a powerful message for network marketers and for all of us, given the application. So I want to take this opportunity to read it. Here's what you wrote. But finding your home is not about ease. Finding your home is not about the path of least resistance. Finding your home also has nothing to do with the comp plan, the rank you achieve or the success you achieve. Finding your home is about finding something that's worth fighting for, finding something that you're willing to roll up your sleeves and help build and help protect. Finding your home is about understanding that the road ahead may be unpaved and at times even treacherous, but you're all in. Personally, I've never been more committed to anything in my life than I am limelight. There's no plan B for me. There's no back door. As far as I'm concerned, this is going one way. Lime Life's mission will be fulfilled, not just because I say so, but because we say so, because there's no place like home. And my home is worth pouring every ounce of me into it. My home is my responsibility, and I won't ever give up on you. And I found that, Gary, to be so profound in an era where what's championed is you know, make sure you have balance in your life. Like ev everything is in perfect balance and your wheel is perfectly round so you can roll as fast as you want. And you got to have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, right? All these. And mm -hmm. you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. And that's kind of the error we're in. And I found what you wrote to be refreshingly awesome. It's about commitment, you know, at the end of the day, if what are you committed to and what are you yeah. willing to do for that commitment? I, you know, it, 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 it's, you know, I'm a leadership coach, so I'm going to approach everything I do from this, from a stand, you know, because that's where I believe life gets really juicy. And you know what it is? I feel like Mostly as human beings, we're circumstantial. If the circumstances are right, yes. if the timing is right, if the weather is right, if I wait, if I feel like it, if my mood is right, and I nothing worthwhile in life happens navigating the circumstances. Yeah, there's a there's timing and there is you know and there's luck, sure. But I can also show you many, many examples of people who had the right timing and the opportunity failed or who won the lottery. How many, all those stories of people who win the lottery and then in a few months or a year later, they're broke again. Yeah, manifesting. <laughs> so it, 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 it really is that. And you know what, what, what I really want to point to? That statement, I don't even know where she dug that up. I think I was just like speaking one day. And um, it's a choice. 
All of that is just me choosing that. I chose I chose to fight that way. I chose to take that kind of stand. I chose to have this be my home and a home that's worth fighting for and protecting and building and putting sweat equity into. Um, yeah, and I get to relax and have my life work out everywhere and I get to have balance and all that. Although I don't really believe in balance and I believe <laughs> in, you know, yeah, it's crazy okay. talk. And I believe that when you're when you're living your life's purpose and like life balance looks very, very different. Yes. Um, you know, usually you need to balance when you're like, you know trying to fight something else that's not in alignment or, or, you know, but when you're living your life's purpose, I find that balance is like, that fills me, you know, that yeah. hustle, when, when I'm fighting for something that I believe in, I don't mind putting the sweat equity into that. I, I'll sleep later, you know, <laughs> like, <I'll, laughs> yeah. you know, I know yeah. the wellness coaches are going to come after me now. <laughs> <laughs> what I hear boiling both of your philosophies uh, into, which obviously could have been sourced in your experience with Landmark is it's all about personal responsibility. So as you say, they're conditional, right? We're just dust yeah. in the wind. But once you grab something and you decide, hey, if it is to be, it's up to me. I take personal responsibility for my decisions, my actions and my outcomes. And you know that right and your, there. And your thoughts and your thoughts and your experience yeah. and your feelings. Yeah, changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. And your yeah. perception and your point of view, yeah. all of that. All you, of you, that. You, you, you take responsibility for all yeah. of that as well. And you choose, like Gary just said, that in like how some of this conversation started, and you're choosing it. You're yeah. responsible for what you chose. Did you say choosing it? Choosing it. <laughs> choosing, choosing it. Choosing it every day. Choosing it. <laughs> I love you guys. Hey, uh, we could go on for hours, I'm sure, but I try to keep these to about 45 minutes uh, so that people get immersed in That's right. knowing you, but we're not going to give them the whole book because we want all of you out there in listening land to maybe just get a seat of what are you going to do with this conversation? What are you going to do with your own personal responsibility? Where are you dust in the wind? Where are you yeah. circumstantial? What are you studying? What are you doing? What are you manifesting? What are you thinking about? What are you feeling? What kind of actions are you in? And if it's not producing the journey that you want, hey, make a change. So Don, Gary, you guys are a gift to network marketing. You are a breath of fresh air. Thank to you. leadership development and businesses everywhere. And um, where can people find you if they want to find you? Yeah. Instagram and LinkedIn for me. You guys can follow me there, and connect with me there. Um, Instagram so, and LinkedIn. Yeah. We'll, make sure, we'll, make sure those, we'll make sure those uh, links are in the comments so people can find them. Um, I love what you guys are doing. I'm very inspired by it. Thank you for Thank spending you. 45 minutes with my audience because a pleasure this kind of stuff up. And uh, all of you out there in listening land, just hit the share button and share this to your own channels and share it to your teams because they need this kind of inspiration. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Till next time.